like to cabin to get to where he needed to be. Hey, it's been a rough road, Bob. But it's good we still walking Even though it's from a distance It's good we still talking Temptation or stupidity I will never comprehend Forbidden fruit that you desired Could have made us lose it Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews in all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. If you like what we do, like us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash music. Hey guys, welcome once again to Straight Outta Gibraltar. We've been on hiatus for the last two weeks, obviously due to midsum and everything else. Obviously in my private life, I've had a week off from work, so I needed the downtime. Not that the podcast takes any downtime. But it actually requires a lot of time to prepare and obviously a lot of time to prepare and schedule with our guests more than anything else. So it's actually worth the wait now that we have a guest on this week. So today is Tuesday. You'll be listening to this tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and we've gone back inside. So thank you for joining us and whatever platform that you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's CastBox or Spotify, thank you again for listening. Uh, we want to thank uh, Straight Out uh, Straight Out's special sponsors, uh, Coca-Cola, and that's Coca-Cola is supplied by Zirconian Speed, and we can thank Zirconian Speed, Guy Bodano and Suraj Ward for their kind sponsorship and for having this podcast sponsored. So thank you guys for always believing in our goals more than anything else and for always supporting us. So that's my little introduction, but I'm going to introduce my guest this time. So welcome, Paul Shibulian, to the show. Thank you for having me, David. So how are you doing today, Paul? Obviously, it's a clear day now compared to what it was like last week. It is, yeah. Much better weather. <laughs> a bit of a rush day working and... Uh, as usual for my luck, having to rush down here because uh, something unexpected happened at the last minute. But uh, glad we managed to make it done. No, I couldn't be happier to have you on. And obviously, this, this has been a long time coming and we couldn't be happier to have you on. And obviously, to talk about local music as well as your influences as well. So, Paul, we're going to start very basic. And obviously, we talked about this off air, but it's about your, obviously your influences and stuff like that, which we could go, probably like you said, the entire show, talk about your influences. But tell us, what was it about your influences that led you to get, picking up the drums in the first place? Well, for, for me, um, I come from a very long a line of uh, musicians, father, grandfather, uncles, cousins, uh, they've all been involved in the local music scene. Uh, funnily enough, mostly as drummers. Uh, my cousin uh, Francis played for and still sings to this day. Uh, my cousin Pepe Luis, singer, trumpet player. Um, my father, my late father, was, was a drummer by trade and very strong in the 50s and 60s. Um, so that was where the, the, the origins come from. Uh, in terms of my, how I got into music, I, the typical route uh, for me, as, as I'm sure with a lot of other musicians, I was a member of the First Wolf Band in the mid to late 80s when the First Wolf Band couldn't fit inside Wellington Front. And uh, uh, we also had a brass band. I, I, I joined uh, Cubs and Scouts towards the end of the era of the First Wolf Brass Band as it was then, and it was more sort of a core of drums uh, and most of 
today's musicians will have gone through uh, either the first, fourth, or the Sea Scouts band. So that was my first um, sort of messing around with music. And after a few years going to Bayside, I met uh, my, well, what us to this day, my lifelong friends, Mr. Chris Cortez, Mr. James Mustud, Mr. Neville Guiliano, Mr. Ivan Victor. Um, we, we joined from different schools into Bayside. We met each other. We started, I honestly don't know how we ended up um, messing around in the music room at lunchtimes, got a band together. Uh, this year, incidentally, is the 30th anniversary of our performance on the GBC Open Day. So Which I actually have at my disposal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you better watch out with trying to broadcast that somewhere. <laughs> it's uh, rather embarrassing. Um, I don't think that will let me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, December 1988. Uh, I think we were on our first or second year of Bayside. We somehow ended up on the GBC Open Day in the Venins as well. Um, trying to remember who else was playing that time. Oblivion with Christian Gard, Nathan Santos, Glenn Cano, the Atom Bombers, led by Andy Rome at the time. They were also on that night, plus, you know, the usual singers, dancers. That was our first uh, TV performance. I was age 13. I remember using, borrowing the Bayside drum kit and sticking it on the bus by <laughs> Referendum House to bring it over to to the Inces Hall, and that was our first uh, performance. That, and obviously that same year, the Christmas, the typical Christmas concert in Bayside. And what was it like to see, like you mentioned the Atom Bombers and Oblivion and all these bands, that were pretty much doing what was around in the 80s, but obviously in a, to, taking it to a different dimension, but what was it like to witness it in the flesh, adapted to, uh, to their own sound as well? Well, they were told, uh, in those, two, those two bands, for example, they totally... Uh, at opposites with each other, the yeah. Atom Bombers were doing their own thing, um, more rock. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget their performance because they borrowed uh, Chris Cortez's keyboard and uh, Tony Prescott was dancing all over the stage with the keyboard. We were all uh, horrified at the back of the stage mm. thinking that keyboard was going to drop at some point. Um, Oblivion were a totally different type of genre, uh, Glenn Cannon keyboards, uh, Manuel Bonavia at the time on guitar, Nathan Santos singing and Chris Gadd on bass, more sort of pop rock at the time. But um, that very quickly morphed into my lifelong passion, which was uh, progressive rock, progressive metal in 1415 uh, with Neville, Jamis and Ivan. Um, I very, very quickly got into Genesis, Marillion, uh, Rush, Yes, I don't know, I honestly don't know how that happens, but that is what I was listening to when I was aged, aged 14 and 15. That was what we did for our seven, eight, nine hour jam sessions uh, in the community center at the time. And in fact, we were so influenced by prog at the time that uh, our GCSE performances for our exams were all based around that. My one in particular was the Indic Age medley. Uh, I remember doing Chelsea Monday by Marillion. Uh, I think we did Comfortably Numb as well by Pink Floyd then. Probably way be, 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 uh, beyond our wildest expectations, but we pulled it through. We got very high grades for it. At the time, sadly, Rock on the Rock wasn't around yet. There were no live venues like there are today. There was no investment in local 
sort of bands. In fact, I think we were the only teenage band at the time. The nearest thing to us was the beginnings of After Hours. We yeah. had the um, 30th anniversary last year. And at that time, the end thing for bands was the dance scene. You know, the Christmas yeah. dancers, Moonlight Sun was still around, Horizon was finishing, um, with Jordan Berry and Guy Palme, and my cousin Francis, uh, Jamie's dad, the late Tony Musud on bass uh, back then. After hours, we're in the heyday with the dancers as well. All weddings. <laughs> and all weddings. So there wasn't really a, 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 too much of a pub scene, rock scene. In the okay. basements hadn't been, uh, hadn't been refurbished as a, as a leisure area. Yeah. Ocean Village didn't exist. The National Day still hadn't started. No. And before none of, any of that started, came A-levels. We all went our separate ways. I joined the army. I, was, I went off to the UK. James um, uh, was with his uh, family business. Ivan went off to study. Neville went off to study. So we pretty much went our separate paths. And you know, unfortunately, we never stayed in touch musically for for the for the for the following couple of years. Everybody did their own thing. Yeah. They eventually had their own bands. You know, they all did their own things. Ivan, I don't know whether you knew this, but Ivan was a brilliant flute player. Yeah. Um, yeah. He then eventually went into a bass guitar. He was a brilliant bass guitarist. And I then joined uh, the police. The first couple of years, a lot of shift work. I was raising a young family, so I was completely divorced from the local music scene. Everybody mm -hmm. else went on to take part in different bands. Yeah, I even went off into after hours as well, surprisingly. Well, I, that came much later. I yeah. even stayed in the UK for a few years. Yeah. Uh, he did his stints with... Um, Craig McDonald's for a while. Yeah. Um, much later came after hours. James did his stints with uh, Tyrion Man, with uh, well, with with Vibrations uh, in the reunion uh, tribute to Willie Gomez. He he also did a stint with After Hours. He's back again now. Yeah. Neville did his bits uh, and pieces with with uh, different people, including Jetstream at one point as well. A, a period with Melissa. Um, Macintosh, now Melissa Hales. So my involvement with the music, music scene, I always used to joke about it. I used to, I used, I used to call myself Haley's Comets <laughs> um, and appear every now and again. Always at the last minute, somebody would ask me to do a favor <laughs> and I always used to say yes, then instantly regret it because I started panicking sure. that I couldn't do the job. So you, you, you mentioned in your post on Facebook about sporadically involved. And, you know, it's, it sums me up pretty perfectly. Um, I've done, considering the amount of years that I've been around, I've done considerably much in very, very specific instances. So, yeah. you know, to give you an example, um, we put a band, makeshift band together, Tyree Mang, Daryl Farrugia on bass, and Jamie on guitar and Jordan, over the summer to play in the National Day yep. back in Naval Ground. We did a bit of everything from Ronan Keating to Craig David <laughs> to Bon Jovi. It's good to be diverse. Uh, we did November Rain. I think it's the only time or for many years that November Rain was done in one of those National Days. I still have that recording and treasure it. Um, the backdrop for GPC was very nice because the fireworks went on at that time. So, yeah. you know, you had November Rain playing with a nice fireworks display in the back. People loved it. Um, and then we just stopped doing anything after that. 
uh, got called, did the musical Arrow, The Legend of Robin Hood. Yeah. I was very, very fortunate to be called up for by Trevor uh, Guillermo for that, for the, for the orchestra. Uh, that was with uh, Chris Cavillo on guitar, Julio Valerga on bass, Neville on keys, Victor Calderon with percussion, Trevor also d- directing. I believe I was, Michael Lenino was involved in that as well. Sorry? Michael Lenino was He was, was in the first incarnation of the yeah, musical, so. he wrote, which he wrote with Trevor, not on this on, on the second yeah. one. So that was a brilliant experience for best part, best part of the year. Um, you know, with rehearsals back in where customs used to have their building down at the frontier, up in British Lines Road. We spent, spent a few months there putting everything together. And then the whole week of putting the production together in the Alameda Open Air Theatre was a really, really great experience. Then I disappeared again. <laughs> um, and then, you know, bits and pieces. I've played in some really... I was thinking about it last night when, when you, you were know, thinking about what you said about how the, we would have a chat about this. Uh, played with some interesting... I remember uh, being... Co- I honestly don't remember how it even happened, but I played with Kevin Peach on keys soon after he arrived in Gibraltar many, many years ago. I was a youngster. Um, I played drums with him and... I honestly can't remember who it was on bass, but we played in the Duck and Firkin. I honestly don't know how I ended there. I just remember the one song, which was Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Yeah. Uh, I also had a vivid memory of um, playing with uh, Manuel Bonavia, uh, Neville again on keys. I'm trying to remember who the bass, I think it was Christopher Francis on bass. A couple of months of rehearsals, never materialized into, into anything serious gig-wise. I remember a concert back in the Ludians in the what's now the youth center yeah. in the patio, um, with Chris Gad on bass, Neville on keys again. I forget who the guitarist was. So little bits and pieces over the years, um, and you know, very fortunate because whenever I got called up to play by somebody, it was usually uh, a very very decent bunch of musicians, yeah. friends or otherwise, and it was always for very good gigs as well. So, you know, as a, as a late teenager, I've done everything. I'm, one of the things I pride, although I also regret not having done much more and not developed my skill, never receiving any tuition and not, yeah. you know, not the opportunities that there are nowadays. Uh, I never had access to my kids. As drummers, anybody, any drummer will tell you that we always have a rough ride because mm-hmm. everybody has their kid, stuff at home. You know, you can practice. I never had any of that. So it was literally mental rehearsal and then plug and play with whoever I was going to do something with. But one of the things I've always prided myself, and I think that comes from my, you know, from the genes, is my ability to to enjoy all sorts of genres. Uh, I've played everything. I've played in the pantomime. Uh, funnily enough, for the then Gibraltar Police, they used to do pantomimes in, every January yeah. in the Inns Hall. So I did Aladdin there, Aladdin, and I can't remember the other one. Which one? I forget the other one. So with two pantomimes. Again, makeshift band, Neville on keys, Ivan on bass. I can't, I'm not sure whether James was on guitars as well. Then we had people like Ian Hamilton, Paul Riley on, on, on brass. Uh, Country Western Nights in the Fleet Pavilion. <laughs> I don't know how that came about. <laughs> but, but you did it. But we did it. Uh, and we pulled out, you know, all sorts of interesting. So, you know, Country Western, pantomime music, background music, um, the prog stuff, which has never really left me, it's still my passion. I've traveled all over the place to follow my, my favorite bands and some really crazy stories to get to gigs. And again, every couple of years, being called up by somebody, you know, 
people like Cortez and Neville asking me, look, you know, we're up in the retreat center. We've got St. Dan's School here. We're practicing with the choir because they've got the communions. Uh, can you come up? This is on a Friday evening. Okay, yeah, when do you need the help? Uh, now. What do you mean now? Now. Okay. <laughs> Pack up and go. Prince. Pack up and go. And then on the way up saying, what the hell have I let myself in for? I don't know, have a clue. I haven't <laughs> played for years or months. Uh, getting up there and then, you know, Neville on the bass, Chris on keys, a choir of school kids on a Friday night <laughs> up there. And I did it more than once. So I must be a sucker, you know, sucker for punishments. Um, all sorts of things. Um, what else? What else? What else? So from pantomime to jazzy bits, country western, prog. Then there was uh, another day. They called me up in April. Again, lastminute.com. Yep. That's the story of my life. Um, we've got a Guns, Guns N' Roses tribute going. Would you be interested in taking part? We need to do a set. And it took it took me a while to, to convince myself to, to, to do it because I wanted to join something that was going to last. Yep. I wasn't sure whether it was going to happen or not. But I got the call from my brother from another mother, Mr. Mifsud, uh, mm-hmm. going back to our school days. He was the one that pushed me and, you know, didn't need much convincing. Joined it with Richard Camilleri on bass, Tyre on vocals and Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, a man at the time. Again, April, when was this for? May the first May Day. So again, as usual, a couple of weeks <laughs> to get a set. They obviously had the benefits of a few months head starts. Did it, really enjoyed it. Uh, then we did, uh, a couple of weeks later, we we, uh, we did it again in Rock on the Rock. And GMF, then we did GMF so. that yeah. year as well. Um, as a last minute.com, because we weren't quite sure we were going to do it. Again, uh, another very good experience. And then things just withered away, never materialized. And what else happened after that? The next thing that happened after that, I think, was... Cortez having one of his uh, moments again. Uh, met up with him for a coffee over Christmas and says, um, in the earliest, I think it was, yeah, 27th, 28th of December, he says to me, no, I'm thinking of putting together a project, musician friends, and, you know, go down to my wines and have a bit of a yeah. jam session, acoustic night. And he says, would you be up for it? I'd really like to have you on board. And I thought, yeah, and I've got myself a little cajon. Should I do it? What kind of music? He said, yeah, we'll go have a couple of rehearsals going. He says, oh, so when are you interested in doing this? He said, two weeks' time. And I said, two weeks' time? Yeah, yeah I've, already got, <laughs> I've already asked people. So over the next two weeks, we were literally in his house, day in, day out, a couple of rehearsals. Um, I say, what, 15, 20 musicians involved, yeah. guitarists, vocalists, backing vocalists, percussionists, and we pulled it off. One January, I can't, first beginning of January, down in my wines, very, very good nights. And then they did uh, the second one as well. I hadn't done anything in ages. That was a brilliant uh, night, very good memories. Uh, we had a sort of core sort of band. Um, and then, you know, vocalists would come and go, Giles Ramirez, Adrian Pizarello, Tim Garcia, uh, Simon Dumas, Jeremy Perez, um, on and off, different you know, changes of guitarists, bass players, a bit of everything. Um, I had my... My, I call him, I used to call him a second dad when I was a teenager, but then he morphed into uh, an uncle, Victor Francis, who's been with yeah. me since my teens, and my uh, de facto mentor, even though I never really got taught anything by him, but, you know, must be the uh, telepathy. Uh, he was on percussion, I was with my cajon and bits and pieces, brilliant night, and that essentially paved the way for what is currently six play. 
Yeah. So um, we liked what we had. Uh, some of us got together chatting. Um, Jeremy was looking at doing stuff for the summer. We were we got involved in a project um, to record uh, an album of Victor's songs in Chris's studio, and we got round. When I mean say me, I'm talking about uh, Richard Gomila, Jamie Stood, uh, Robert Perez on bass, yep. Jeremy, and we spent I think between January and May. We met up a couple of times a week doing sort of the album stuff. Uh, that carried on, took its natural uh, course. But then Jeremy said, look, got a gig in, 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 in O'Reilly's. Would you guys like to sort of form, form up a makeshift band uh, to sort of back me up? Yeah. So we thought about it. We met once, twice. Uh, again, lastminute.com, sporadic. It happened. We had a blast. We, got, we brought Victor in as well. We started doing all sorts of things. That turned into Embers, Embers into O'Reilly's again. Uh, and we did a couple of bits in summer. Then Jeremy obviously went back to his studies in the UK. We met a few times. He came over at Christmas. Do you want to do a few things over Christmas? So we did a couple of corporate events. Um, we played at Chris's uh, wedding that December, which is 30th of December. He managed to, obviously being Chris, he had to have his wedding banged in the middle of the Christmas holiday uh, week. <laughs> we obviously all lobbied round. I was shifting gear just after Boxing Day, but that's what you know, lifelong, fr- lifelong friends are for. It's uh, more like family. Yeah. So we shifted the gear. We, we had one big uh, jam session up in Grand Battery House on the 30th of December. Uh, lots of musicians and family at the wedding. And then Six Play eventually, well, started off as Jeremy as friends, became Six Play... We started doing it a bit more often. We, we, we had very good chemistry between us. And it shows. And, um, you know, we don't meet often um, because obviously Jeremy's away. We, we spend most of our lives on a WhatsApp group discussing things, things that we can do. We listen to stuff. We meet again once every blue moon, have some ideas, but everything just, you know, there's so much chemistry in, in, in that band that we, we met last week, I think it was, was today? Today, excuse me. We met last week. We hadn't met since uh, summer, and we sat down. We were literally going to discuss what, if we were going to do anything over the winter, you know, upcoming Christmas season when Jeremy was over. Yeah. Some projects, and we decided to start jamming around, and we ended up with a two-hour rehearsal. Things just flowed as if they hadn't stopped from the summer, and we said, you know, we've got to keep this going. You know, we all like each other's company. We're yeah. very creative musically. Some of the stuff is very, very, you know, Stevie Wonder, the Sting. We do our own little twists to some of the songs. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's pretty much where, where we are at the moment. So very, very versatile. And performing uh, tomorrow as well. Well, yes, um, as uh, as usual, uh, the lastminute.com syndrome. Jeremy's here for a few days on his uh, reading week midterm. And he said, look, we haven't done anything for a while. We're just pop into see George Posso and friends, good friends down at the Jazz Society, and uh, just have a couple of numbers there on a set. And we thought, well, why not? We enjoy it. Why not? It's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. So so we're going to play Jeremy, I think. Yeah, Jeremy, we, we, I, I, couldn't not, I could not do this and not play uh, One Jeremy's, of Jeremy's latest single. Which is uh, incredible. It reminds me a lot of Stevie Wonder, actually. Yep, and that's pretty much uh, Jeremy, and I could not do it.
So we'll leave you with Jeremy Perez's Wiser, and I hope you enjoy it as, as much as we do. And there's a reason it's on the shelf. So enjoy it, guys.
And we're back with part two. That was Jeremy Bettis with Wiser, his latest single. And if you've never seen Jeremy Bettis, or Six Play rather, you can check them out tomorrow at the Elliott's Hotel. That's from 10, or is it 9 o'clock? Well, I suspect it would be around 10. Tennis. Let's just leave it at tennis. So you're more than welcome to go and check them out. And highly recommended by all of us here at the GLMS. The, you mentioned, uh, well, I mentioned, like you said, um, the, the word sporadic, but even if you weren't doing things, you were always around to check out what was around the local music scene, I dare say. What was it? Obviously, one of the tracks that you chose is from this particular band, but at that time they were called Treehouse, and obviously they transformed into Mel and Diesel. But what was it about then Treehouse to moving on to Mel and Diesel that attracted you the most? It's it's difficult to pinpoint. I can you know I, I've always followed the local music scene, always not not this because I've got my own musical background in the family, so I've always followed uh, local bands. Nowadays, it's much easier because of social media, so everybody's got some sort of presence, yeah. Spotify as well. So with Treehouse, I've, I, I went from, I remember seeing them or hearing them as I walked past Lamport when they rehearsed inside Lamport Ditch yep. in the rehearsal room. I remember their, their beginnings in the Collingwood days as well, as everybody who, who has followed them will remember. And then, you know, Melon Diesel and then uh, Taxi. I enjoy a lot of the numbers. The, the particular song that I've chosen, I don't know. I don't know whether it's a style in which it's played. Um, I probably chose it. Uh, I, I like the repertoire both in English and Spanish. Spanish as a, as a I, I, I do follow a lot of Spanish bands as well, like um, <clears throat> Presuntos Implicados and uh, Mecano, Rosario, Ketama. We do, yeah. we do some Ketama stuff as well in six play. Um, but with Melon Diesel, I, I pretty much enjoy most of the most of the catalog, um, and whenever they've played locally, I've I've gone to watch them. Yeah. Uh, the, the the last time I think was up in the the High Mind the Rock Hotel. Yeah. I was there. Um, enjoyable, great evening. Robert, um, who plays with me in Six Play from After Hours as well, sessions for them as well. Yeah. So it was all part. In fact, it was a group of us that went uh, together. Musicians-wise, James, uh, Trevor Giuliano, we all went to support both the musicians as friends and, you know, enjoy a, a great a great gig as well. And then, and then, I don't know, I don't know whether it's a style, I enjoy the the, the, the groove, it's a very relaxing tune, it and it reminds me, I've always liked it, but it's the kind of stuff that we would do in Six Play now on, on, on the mellow side of yeah, things. Because it is more chilled than yeah. compared to the and, last and Yeah, absolutely. But I but but equally, you know, I've played Guns N' Roses, I've played Bon Jovi stuff. <laughs> I like uh, my favourite bands. I wouldn't say the favourite, but among the top three is Dream Theatre. Yeah. I followed them everywhere. Uh, you know, so I pretty much cover a lot of the spectrum. I'll, I've gone to... I've done some pretty crazy things and some 24-hour marathons to go and see people like The Police, Sting, uh, Aldi Miola, John McLaughlin, Stanley Clark, uh, Dream Theatre on a few occasions, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, uh, Whitesnake, Def Leppard. So, you know, there isn't a single thing yeah. that I like all of it. Um, I, you know, Dave Werkel uh, and his band, Chick, Chick Corea, the acoustic and the electric bands as well. So I pretty much enjoy most of the spectrum, <clears throat> some more than others. And I suppose that it's partly why I've been influenced by so many different drummers and yeah. musicians over the years. It's because of what I was exposed to as a, as, as a youngster and then what I 
what I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, and that is also evidence in the five tracks that I chose for today. They are very different from one, one to the other. Very we different. won't reveal about the other three, but I mean, they are very different from one yep. to the other. So, you know, talking about Taxi and Elan then, on, on, you know, just listening to that track, you can tell already that it's quite different to what yep. Jeremy does uh, and certainly quite different to the other three tracks, which uh, we won't mention yet. And again, in terms of my, my own favorites, um, anybody who's listening from the local musicians community, you know. Um, <laughs> well, it has gotten quite a good response that so you can win the show. <laughs> yeah, they will recognize, you know, things like uh, Spain by Chick Corea, this version, Rio Funk, Lee Ritner, Ordinary World by Duran Duran, totally different, yep. roundabout from Yes. Easter from the Steve Hogarth area. Uh, That's a great Marillion. song. That's my favorite Marillion song. I um, Forgotten Sons from the Fish era. I've traveled yep. to see Fish, traveled to see Marillion. I've seen Marillion locally as well and Hogarth. You can thank so, Fabian Vinette for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, um, you know, Erotomania from Dream Theater, La Villa Strangiato from Rush, The In The Cage Medley and Firth of Fifth by Genesis, probably my all-time favorites. It's the first big thing I did as a 14, 15-year-old and obviously 16-year-old um, in our jam sessions. And, and sometimes I wonder what we could have done back then if the music scene had been as developed yep. as it is nowadays. It because, is. you know, I follow so many local bands and artists nowadays, you know, from Christian Celestia, who's my son's age. Um, you know, Evan uh, Torrente, who okay. at is is... is, is Video with Motherhood. Which is Jesse, fantastic. Yep. Jesse uh, played along with us on one of our sets last year in Embers. Yep. He came along with his guitar. He's doing great stuff in um, in London. I actually went to see him. Uh, epic adventure across to London. Mr. Bus. Bus broke down. <laughs> then the tube broke down and I eventually arrived an hour and a half later to the O2 Academy in Islington and I managed to grab the last two songs of his set. But he was really, really appreciative to see me. Uh, there, I was really thankful for it. Um, so yeah, Jet the Jets. Yeah, one Jet. of my, I couldn't fit it into the local songs because it was just too much stuff. Yeah. And it's good in a way because it just shows the vibrancy of the local music scene nowadays. And you can imagine it's more accessible as well. The fact absolutely, that you know. So in terms of Jetstream, you know, a very good bunch of guys. Uh, I've got a work colleague there, uh, know Nolan very well. Uh, Pau, you know, Tristan great bunch of guys I particularly enjoyed when I was trying to go through my list of favorite, local favorite songs their live uh, unplugged version of uh, Lala yeah, up in the cave the keyboards my good Chris Chris on keyboards that gives that it really version such... really really does it for me again mellow relaxed yep. unfortunately I couldn't squeeze it very loungy as well I think very loungy um, I really really enjoyed that so yeah um, who else Pizarello Pizarello is always one of my favorite everything that he does whether on his own, with the undesirables, with the punk yeah. zombies, with everything, he's he's he's, he's Mr. Versatile, I think. He's, yep, um, and I and I really uh, identify myself with him because everything I've done over the years is so different, you know, from pantomimes to a stage musical, yeah, uh, you know, Guns and Roses, prog, jazzy stuff. I've I've done quite a lot of that myself, and I really enjoyed that. So it's not only what I perform, but I also enjoy listening to it in private. True. So yeah, that's a bit of everything. And in terms of what I follow locally, I've always kept in touch with the local bands. You know, going back to the late 80s, Oracle with Peter Montegrifo. I remember staying up until two or three in the morning 
just to see Alan Alman and Peter Montegrifo appear on the Canal Sul program, which I still mm. think I have taped somewhere back in the day. Those are the kind of things we need to archive, you see. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I, I remember as a teenager, I, I, Peter, I knew personally from, your, from a family connection. Uh, on, on, in fact, he lived where yeah, you Francis lived Lice, yeah. Yep, I lived there as well. Um, and that was part of why I knew about the band. And I remember staying up. I remember the, the video. He used to live in the bottom floor right below me, so. Yep. Um, so, yeah, small world. <laughs> so, yeah. Oracle. Francis Fass uh, has created a lot of people. <laughs> famous and personalities, absolutely. I would say, from lawyers bands, to musicians. You know, bands like uh, Reach, uh, Heads or Tails, The Spoons, um, you know, the Leila Rose Band. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, Which is uh, also a great EP if you've not checked it out. Great, yep. Uh, you know, a great project as well. Jonathan Bujeja, Pedazo de Musico. Uh, he's probably one of the few people that I haven't managed to do anything yet, but and I probably never will because he's he's always, too many things. <laughs> he's, he's doing far too many things always. But uh, but yeah, do you, uh, when, when when I think about it over the years, even though it's only been again sporadic and very few bits and pieces here and there, you know, playing uh, I've managed to play spend time with Manuel Bonavia. He had his own thing, his own different style. Uh, I remember jumping into an after hours rehearsal once. I think Ivan was on holiday. They were rehearsing uh, a few things, Journey and ACDC numbers for, for one of their sets. Yeah. And uh, I ended up popping along to the old Wellington front room and I and I rehearsed with them after not playing for years. Really enjoyed that, got the buzz going. That's what always helps. So, oh, absolutely. And, you know. It's very fun. Okay. And, it's very, and it's very rewarding nowadays because my children have... Uh, my three kids have taken up the musical uh, path in different ways. You know, my daughter taught herself guitar behind closed doors, and I only got to know about it when I walked into the convent ballroom during her AS uh, performance for drama, yeah. and which was a bit of theatre and dance, and then she pulled out a guitar out of behind the curtains, started playing something and singing, and I just froze, and everybody had a laugh at my expense because I wasn't expecting yeah. it. So, you know, she's carried on playing the guitar in private. Um, my two sons joined the Sea Scouts band because uh, yep. obviously the first of bands sadly has ceased to exist for many years. Otherwise, I'm going to probably have to force <laughs> them and drag them into the first of band room instead of uh, Sea Scouts, you know, from my background. But yeah, um, one uh, took up the pipes, bagpipes, the other one took up the drums. Um, they're still involved with scouting. They're still involved with the band. They're now studying in the UK. Um, Daniel, who's my youngest son, he's just started uh, taking a course in professional musicianship great. In, in Manchester. So he's messing around now, you know, the odd jam, playing around, meeting people, experimenting. and Like father, like son, they say. <laughs> well, yeah, um, he, he took a while. He took a while because um, he was interested. He, he was with sports, doing other bits and pieces. It took him a while to, to start up uh, to take music seriously. Yeah. And it wasn't until his GCSEs when he really started to, to, to get into music a bit more seriously, uh, he opted for drumming. Yeah. I, I did try to dissuade him and told him um, about the life, you know, the tribulations of drummers and having to lug kids yep. around and the difficulty with, you know, mastering new instruments. That's true. But it was a natural. He picked it up very, very quickly. And... Uh, he stuck at it and he still enjoys it. You know, so how can you dissuade somebody from 
If it's in the genes, it's in the genes. You know, the, he, 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 that's what he enjoys. I see it in his face. Um, I was in a... He, he was called to an impromptu gig in, a gig in Manchester a couple of weeks back with a cajon, with a friend of his. He's just met on a guitar. And I could see that he was really, really enjoying it as, you know, they, start, they were doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, and very, also very improvised. And he was just loving it. Yep. He enjoyed it. I was enjoying it because he was enjoying it. And uh, that's where we're at now. And there is no better feeling. Now it's time for the next generation. Hence, when we're talking about Victor, we talk about Roberts, we talk about Jeremy. It's that generation. It's, it's, it's a yeah. good mix. When you look at what we have with Six Play at the moment, it's a very, very interesting bunch. We, 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 rip, we rip ourselves to shreds with, uh, with jokes and, 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 and wind-ups, especially with Jeremy. Jeremy's obviously the youngest member. Yep. He's got his dad in the band. Um, potentially, Victor could be his granddad. Uh, Richards is a, is a, you know, everybody knows Richard, brilliant guitarist. Underrated as well, in my opinion. Very good mentor. Um, uh, I used to love watching him play with Vibrations. He's a very good mentor. He's been a very good mentor for many of the current generation of musicians. Agreed. Especially from, you know, from his Bayside days. And uh, it's um, it's quite um, amusing to watch when we get together on the odd occasion that we get together in the band room and the banter comes up and, uh, you know, the winding up, Jeremy <laughs> getting uh, uh, attacked by, by Richard and, uh, you know, messing around, yep. playing around. It's a very good mix. Victor obviously doesn't... Well, Victor just pops in when he can. He arrives late. Uh, he's got his own thing. He's, he, he's also now enjoying the fruits of his retirement. So he's actually doing much more than what he's done for many, many years yep. because he was a very uh, always very busy with his uh, family business. But now, you know, Paul Riley Band doing the odd bits and pieces and he's, 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 he's keeping active and he really, really enjoys his percussion in, uh, it does, input yeah. and we really miss him when he's not there. And I think the key to Victor is more than anything else is the fact that even he, if he comes from another generation, he, he can actually adapt himself to if, if you guys play current stuff or anything else, which is great. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I, I've always, because I've listened to so much stuff over the years, I've, you know, my playlists are so varied. My favorite songs are so varied. The kind of yep. projects I've been involved with are so varied. And in, in a way, sometimes I think back and I think, you know, perhaps I wouldn't have been suited to sticking with one particular band for so many years yeah. because I probably wouldn't have matured or evolved. I mean, yes, I regret not having done a lot of other things. I regret not having learned my instrument properly. Yeah. And I consider myself to be at a very sort of stagnant level with my drumming because I haven't, um, you know, I've never had the, the opportunity or the time yeah. or the means to develop myself, you know, my, my speed, my technique. And it's always pretty much been being called up lastminute.com, getting the, getting the job done. And, you know, getting the job done sticks with me because I remember my good friend, Kriki, uh, Chris Calderon, yeah. in, in his podcast with you, he kept on saying how he looked up at all the other keyboard players, like Trevor, Neville, and he just got, considered himself as a hard worker and getting the job done. Yeah. That's precisely as I see myself. I do a lot of mental homework. I rehearse everything in my head and then either straight into a gig or straight into a rehearsal. <laughs> arrive, play, leave, pretty much. Well, yeah. arrive, set up, play, leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my our set list for tomorrow, a quick set list has been organized through WhatsApp, uh, you know, mentally rehearsed. 
and <laughs> we'll hope for the best tomorrow. No. But you know, I think we get away with it because I, I get I get away with it because I'm surrounded by such a bunch of brilliant musicians, yep. each in their own way. You know, Robert uh, is very good. He does. He, he, you know, he brings his own influence and the, the the amount of gigging that he does with different people shows. Yep. Um, and he pick, you know, and he's very, very dedicated to his instrument. He's very, very into mentorship as well, because he did. He has, apart from his son uh, Jeremy, of course, he has mentored other musicians. As yeah, well. he practices. He he dedicates a lot of time to practice, and then obviously he's got his stuff with uh, after hours, and he's also supported Jeremy on you know with his side projects as well. Yeah, his session for taxi, and you know whether you want it or not, it is like exercise and training. Yeah, if you do more and more and more, when you really learn is when you. You know, I surprise myself sometimes. We go and we, we've done. We did a couple of uh, gigs in in the Dolphin Bar this summer, and I was I never played the song the same way. I was always trying to throw in the odd thing, test myself, see whether I could get away with something. And most of the time, it works. And when it doesn't work, I get insulated by, you know, the virtuosity of of, of um, uh, Richard and James. Yeah. And and Victor's got my back, and then you know we do some weird things like in the fair this year where we did the opening night for the for the family pavilion and we decided to play a song in a completely different way that we've ever played it and I'm talking about Roxanne <laughs> we usually give it a slight slow tw- jazzy twist to it well Sting considerably does that now as well well yeah um, <laughs> but we started it that way and halfway throughout the song we decided to break into the normal pace of what Roxanne usually sounds like yeah and then we went back to the other version and we just literally did that by looking at each other and challenging ourselves with a cheeky smile saying, shall we, shall we, shall we not? Let's all, go for it and hope for the best. And, and it's all about motivation as well. If you motivate each other, anything's possible. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a bit panic stations for me because they are more proficient with their instruments by miles and I need the time behind the kit, which sadly I cannot have at home. You know, yeah. the drummers have a rough deal in that respect. <laughs> I don't have a place of my own where I could even go and practice by myself because if I could, I'd be there daily. Yeah. So, you know, I just do the best I can, but I think the chemistry makes up for it and that's what lets me just keep ticking over. And it's great as well. Don't know, absolutely. And, and I really, really get a buzz out of it. It's very therapeutic for me. I, I just wish I could get more of it. But again, you know, the setup that we have at the moment, uh, Jeremy's over for a few days, so we'll meet up. Then he'll be off again. We might meet once or twice and just jam around, do, uh, you know, play around with a couple of yep. songs, pre, you know, get a structure going. And, uh, you know, Jeremy will be back. We've got a few things already in line uh, for the Christmas season. And obviously other things are coming. So at the moment... You know, I'll never say no to anything else because I like big projects and, you know, yeah. working up towards them. And I'm not particularly fond of the lastminute.com that always seems to follow me throughout my life. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, because that maybe they say that you know, things, when they keep you on your toes, yeah. it makes you focus better. Makes you sane, and, keeps you sane at least. Yeah, and in a way, it helps you focus better on the task at hand. And it's... Maybe the stress is how I cope with not dealing, you know, not worrying about the slip-ups. Yeah, you know, so intent on doing a good job and how you can be perceived by other musicians out there in the audience. That's the thing. I mean, I think you become aware as well, especially even for me, like I'm not a musician per se, but I always try to 
not pleased, but at the same time, you're always thinking, don't say something that you might offend, or even sometimes you need to prioritize in some elements to actually play some local music, obviously to the very best of your ability. But obviously you have to make it personal, because at the end of the day, local musicians, we are very lucky that we can consider them friends, we can we work with them on a daily basis, and we can actually say, oh, well, I remember the first time I saw Jetstream, or like we talked about yeah, Mel Diesel, or AKA Treehouse. There's other ways of doing it, but in the right channels, it's always very intimate when you get to see like the likes of jeremy the likes of jesse for like and you see the growth like we like i mentioned it a lot but i when i saw jesse on national day i saw that growth and, yeah. I, and I remember seeing steven in the audience and just telling steven now it's jesse mclaren's uh, um, steven mclaren jesse's dad instead of saying uh, jesse steven's son you know? yeah, yeah absolutely and absolutely. it shows you how the way the world works so we're going to play two songs back to back. We're going to play Melon Diesel followed by Jesse, and then yep. we'll be back with part four, brilliant. part three after Brilliant, us. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I loved Jesse's single when you released it. We were yep. waiting for it. We were messaging in private, and, and I was actually on my phone when it was posted on Spotify, and I just couldn't wait to play it. He's a, he's a great kid, lots of energy, great drive, very committed, very passionate, and a very hard and you know very hard worker. And I really, really wish that things uh, carry on going well for him. Yeah, so do I. he definitely deserves it. Well, we'll be seeing him next week in London, so stay tuned yep. for that. So we'll leave you with these two tracks, and we'll be back with part three, which will include one more track, and obviously ending with part four. So enjoy Enelanden by Melon Diesel and A Million Dreams by The Justice Tree. So enjoy it, guys.
there's nothing like a Coke to help you get your fizz back. That's the Coca-Cola effect. And we're back with part three, and I hope you enjoyed those back-to-back. -back. And obviously you heard a little jingle there of Coca-Cola that we were gratefully sent and sent to us by Guy Bovelano from Sikonian Speed. So thank you, Guy. And obviously great tracks all around. So we're going to move on to someone who, well, some people who are probably the most versatile of musicians, or not even the most versatile sometimes, the most helpful of musicians who have been around the block, I just say, more, more than once and still continue to excel to this day. Of course, we're talking about Reach, who will be releasing their upcoming album next month, and we can't wait to listen to it, and obviously you'll be able to listen to it on the podcast in the near future. But we're going to go back to their first and only album at the moment, which is Sigur Sindon Mead, which is the track that you chose. And tell us about Reach, and obviously what it means to you to listen to Reach to this day. I still listen to Reach. I still listen to the album, and automatically there's another song that I actually heard a few days ago, um, that you are when, after you after you asked me about my my local song choices, but the first thing that came to my mind was "Sigur Sindon Me" because it was the first song I ever heard, and I've uh, you know I, I remember the, the video clip on the back of that vehicle in in Barcelona, yeah. uh, <laughs> the one they got into trouble for. <laughs> yeah, um, I I I've watched them, you know, on the GMF. I've watched them on uh, in, in May Day. So whenever I had an opportunity to, to, to go and see them, I, I, I have. It's, again, another great branch of, of, of musicians. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed the Giles and Stephen McLaren partnership. I just said uh, the McLaren and Lennon of Gibraltar, in every sense of the word. I, I, heard, I heard somebody say that, and it's a pity that they don't do more. But again, it's like everything, you know, yep. balance. When you're not in the, in the pro scene as much and you balance your work commitments, you know, they're both in the in the defense fire service, yep. shift work, young families, different career paths, and they have come together at different uh, points. Reach appears again every once and again for the big occasion. Similar to you. Deliver. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, but, but, and I was also very pleased when, when they dragged in Adrian Pisarello to support with Rhythm and Trevor on Keys. Yep. I couldn't have thought of better choices to bring into that lineup because they really bring their own uh, you know, special input into it. And the essence as well. They're very different when they actually have Adrian and Trevor on board. You, you, it's like they're reaching, they're not reaching at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And then you think, I mean, for those, I mean, the musicians will, will, will know what I'm talking about. But, you know, the general audience, you know, you wouldn't have thought somebody like Michael Martinez with his background in, vib in vibration so many years that yep. would have automatically been a, a first or logical so choice for that kind of genre. Yeah. You know, because you get... Um, Giles and, and Stephen and their backgrounds and then you throw in Michael into the mix with his particular bass style which I really really much enjoy very different too absolutely very different then you get um, somebody like Francis Pesino on drums yeah. and he brings a different totally different dynamic to, to, to rock drumming you know you could again you see him playing with uh, jukebox band yeah. with Pisarello and that's uh, a breeze and, and versatile you know too versatile. versatile musician as well so you know those are the kind of people that I look up to people like Levanta Breeze as well I really really enjoyed and again talking about how you can feel 
and your, your nerves about how you can be perceived. I remember uh, Luis Cipollina talking about feeling that and Peter Martinez when when they opened for Aldi Miola last year. Yeah. It was the first time. Unfortunately, I had to miss that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll actually tell you it was a brilliant gig. And, uh, <laughs> I was you, told, I was you told. You will regret. Uh, um, I think we were in the UK. I was it? in the 100 Club. Yes. Supposing uh, Jetstream, yep. Christian Celestia Manatee so and Funcius. That, that gig was the, the who's who of local musicians. Every, I dare say, 99% of Jib's musicians was in that uh, cave. And I remember Peter and uh, Louis mentioning the fact that despite the amount of hours and time that they spent on rehearsal, when they were there and they saw so many musicians, you know, staring them down, <laughs> they got that bit of, you know, we need to deliver, we need to perform, yep. and we're really under pressure. And it's also very humbling as well, because something it's not always about the big acts, it's always the fact that you want to go and support the big, the, the local acts, because at the end of the day, it is local musicians, and that, I think it's what you're trying to get but to. To be honest, I would have gone away from that gig um, and you know, to be honest, Mark Bianco did a, you know it was a good set, but uh, I think that the way it was it was uh, you know prepared the, the layout of that structure, having followed Aldi Miola for for a few years and been to see him. If I if I'd known he was coming here, I probably wouldn't have gone to my marathon sessions <laughs> to Malaga after work in the evening, come back late at night. Uh, I'd seen him there. I'd seen him in the. Um, uh, Flamenco festival in Algeciras as well. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, Levanta Breeze could have easily topped the bill that, that night very, very easily. They came in, you know, they, they 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 couldn't or they shouldn't have been a support act. They were so powerful, energetic. Yeah. It was the kind of music that I really enjoy. It was a first. I, I've. It's one of my biggest regrets. And I and I still haven't crossed. I haven't. I have still haven't thrown the towel. Although I always say I'm about to throw the towel. It's. I really want to go back to my pro groups with my lifelong friends. Get back into the room together. Although we've yeah. done things together, but you know, twos, threes, we haven't done anything or got into a room for many, many years. And I, and I really, really hope we can do that. But when I saw Levanta Breeze and I heard, in fact, they then did a, a gig in the Rock on the Rock. Yeah, and I went to that too, and you know the the, the virtuosity Brian Brian Torres really brings uh, the best out of them. Yeah. Louis was really really impressive with, you know, I've always thought he's a great musician, very versatile as well. But you get used to seeing somebody doing a particular kind of thing, yeah, you know, with the street dogs, with uh, the soulmates, and then you hear Levanta Breeze and the stuff that the the, the 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 kind of stuff that they were doing. Yeah, and. It was just out as well. I was really, really knocked off my feet. I really, really enjoyed. I mean, that gig ended too quickly for me. It was, the really, rock, the rock one. it was one of my favorite gigs because I'd never heard. I'd always wanted to see and hear a band. If it wasn't myself doing it, I always wanted to hear and see a band doing that locally. And yeah. I'm glad they did it. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm looking forward to to to, to the next um, performance, whenever that is. Similarly with Jip Floyd. I went to Jim Floyd the first time and the second time, both in Dinsers Hall, really enjoyed it. I was listening to Christopher uh, talking about uh, in, in, in his podcast a few months back about how it all came together, yeah. the hard work that was involved. It really showed. It was a brilliant, 
performance, great the perfectionist in every sense of the absolutely, world. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it was again a great, you know, that you, you look at that band, mixed abilities, there were people that were really, really good, other people not as good as others, but the, the chemistry that they had as a band, yeah. the whole production was spot on. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the chronology up in uh, in the stadium because I was away from Gibraltar. But the the two gigs in uh, in Inces Hall, I was there. I couldn't yeah. miss it. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, the first one was magical. I, I just remember Absolutely. being blown away when I left. And, and the second time, I didn't go. But the, when I went to see them again, which I believe was the GMF, on the last the, the other time I saw them. Oh, sorry, yeah, I saw them in the GMF on the on the same. In fact, that's the same GMF, uh, yeah. GMF I did. They were, they were closing they, on they, the seaside stage. They closed on the Saturday evening. And we played on a Sunday. Yeah. But actually, I, I remember seeing the set deck. I, I, I remember recording a few clips on my phone and I still watch them because I really, really enjoyed them. And it's, it's I, the played, experience. I played with Chris. I played with Chris Cavija in, in the Arrow musical and with Julio Valerio as well and uh, Victor Calderon as well. He did uh, some electronic percussion. So that was a really, really good uh, performance and production as a whole. Yeah. It really knocked the wind out of the audience because like Chris said uh, at the time, there was a lot of uncertainty as to what to expect. Yeah. And when they, hold, they got the whole package, you know, the, the visuals, the animation, the, the props, the, 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 the whole stage scene. In fact, the only thing I, I, I found a bit frustrating about that first performance was the venue. Yeah. Because it was an intimate venue, but I think that production was far bigger than that venue. It could have been a little bigger. I but, agree. you know, on, 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 the, on the other side... They had to play it safe. Yeah. They couldn't go. In fact, it was just like a gamble. I think. Absolutely, and you know, it would have been far worse if they would have gone for something bigger. Not that we don't have much bigger venues, but if they opted, for example, for the Centenary Sports Hall, you know, go all out with sponsorship, the lighting, yeah. the, the, the you know, the stage and all that, and then to not receive the support, it would have hurt. It would have hurt. Yeah. It would have been a real shame. So I'm glad that they filled. That, you know, we we I include myself there. We filled the Inces Hall to capacity both times, yeah. and that led to then the GMF set, which is very good, and, and then, then the, the the chronology and in, in, in which was great as well. And the, the fact that they're still more in in, in the tank, as I say, they're, they're actually working on something. But yeah. obviously, I'm not going to get into it now. But yeah, yeah. they are working on something for 2019, I believe, and that production. I think will even take them to a whole bigger level in every sense of the word. But obviously moving on to the versatility that we talked about, obviously for the fifth track, which you chose is, it's very different to what maybe people would actually think that you would listen to, but obviously the roots are there. Obviously it's Tragedy by Dead Sits Radio, which was on the second EP. So what is it about that track? Is it more the, the fact that it's are based around the, your roots, that, that it made you fall in love with it? Is that the right sense to use? I don't know. I wouldn't say about roots with this track because my beginnings, my teens, were started off with prog. And yeah. I mean, I went. I honestly, I can't remember how I got into it, but I just went into the really challenging and technically complex stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, old Genesis um, with I, Peter Gabriel and that. Well, yeah, that that, but also the. The, the 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 more sort of the eighties stuff Collins, yeah. I memorized. I could sing the whole Invisible Touch to our album. I memorized the lyrics. If I hear a song now, I'll still be able to sing along to it. But if you if I play a, if I try to memorize a song from last week, I won't be able to. <laughs> so it just shows how the mind works. But yeah, you know, uh, from Trick of the Tail, Selling England by the Pound, Seconds Out, um, 
I I really like the old stuff. Marillion again, The Fish Years, my favorite uh, albums. Uh, you know, Misplaced Childhood for me is 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 part of my the soundtrack of my life. And how old yeah, um, and all these songs absolutely. are just phenomenal. Clutching at straws as well, the last yeah. Fish album. Uh, you know, Script for Justice Tear. There's a lot of Marillion following in Gibraltar. There is, yeah. especially the old one as well. Uh, Rush, the old stuff as well, the new stuff. Uh, I think it's from Sawyer that people like Spirit of Radio and all. It, it's the repertoire, like you know, like in particular. I think with bands like Rush and especially Marillion, it's more the lesser known tracks that people are fall in love with, and it's the same thing with other bands, but them yeah. two in particular. I've been fortunate that I mean the, my only regret with all these bands was I follow so the, the 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 amount of uh, people I follow and I've traveled to watch you know, from Aerosmith, Whitesnake, uh, I, as a family. I'm talking about my wife, children, the five of us watching Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith, Green Day, Phil Collins. You know, so it's we've grown up like that. Uh, tracks in the car. We listen to Queen. We listen to. You know, road trips are some. You know, come up with some interesting playlists. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I follow Transatlantic, which is a collaboration between uh, Neil Morse, uh, Mike Portnoy, Peter yeah. Wawas on bass from Marillion. Uh, the same with Winery Dogs. Good band. Richie Cotson, uh, uh, Billy Sheehan on bass, and Mike Portnoy on drums. So I do listen to quite a lot of variety, and not only do I listen to it, I've also travelled. I remember driving to Valencia overnight. Just to go and see the police, <laughs> the last world tour, and that was a bit of a beasting. But we got there and we came back the following day. Um, it was worth it. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely! It was a great gig, and it was something that I always wanted to do. Uh, you know, twenty-four hour trips to Dusseldorf to see uh, Dream Theater. I mean, Theater. I'm doing it three weeks with a flapper, so wish me luck. <laughs> yeah, Dream, <laughs> Dream Theater. Uh, Dream Theater followed them quite a bit. Uh, Madrid, London, uh, Maidstone, uh, Dusseldorf. Uh, I've, I've had a meet and greet with them. I've really, really um, followed their music, especially the the, you know, the older stuff. I'm looking forward to the to the new album that's been already written, yeah. due for release in February, which is said to be going back to their roots. Um, Sounds interesting. So, so um, yeah, looking very much looking forward to what a lot of these bands have to offer in 2019, touring wise as well. And it's something to look forward to. Always checking bands in town or, or Absol- every other. Absolutely. Other and in terms of local, I mean, you, you, it's it's like you said, not just in terms of what I've done in the past, but also the local bands that I listen to. You know, I listen to Pizzarello. I enjoyed Breed 77. Uh, I remember going to the, the, the famous band room at Wellington Front as a teenager where Pizzarello was jamming away with Brian Montovio and Glenn Diani on bass, just- who then went on to the UK and uh, I think he formed One Minute Silence. Yep. Um, I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but, uh, you know, all these bands, uh, Heads or Tails. Which we love as well. We've got their stuff at home. So, you know, and that reflects on on my song choices because uh, Reach, I've followed them. I still listen to them. I look forward to any performance that that, that they give. Hopefully they'll launch the album. And, absolutely, and it's a good reflection of the young and old because you've got sort of the more mature musicians that've been around for ages, yep. like After Hours and, and and Reach, and then you've got the youngsters coming along. Jeremy, uh, I hope is destined for great things because he deserves it through his. He really does. Uh, same with Jesse, 
and uh, Modern Strangers with Patrick Murphy. Which I are follow them fantastic. Absolutely. Um, I, I do follow them online and, and they, they had a really good set here as well. Um, who else is out there at the moment? Uh, Evan, I don't know what Evan's doing at the moment, but he's I really been, enjoyed his motherhood stuff. I mean, uh, Matt Sanderson is doing wonderful. Matt Sanderson, where I was following him with Young Monarch, yeah. which uh, I think he's now left. And, and Rob and Susan is also doing stuff for other bands, like well-known bands, session work as well. Yeah. So. so, you know, it's it's great to see that this generation, that particular gen- generation of musicians has moved on, doing a lot of stuff uh, away, and hopefully that will carry on with the next generation. You know, people like Christian Celestia, yeah. you know, uh, up-and-coming bands at the moment. I don't, it's, it's, I, I, I'd like to see the next band coming along from the local sort of teenage, younger yeah. generation. I haven't seen it yet. There's a bit of a, been a bit of a lull. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward because it would be, it would be, it would be sad to see it take a hit after, you know, after the music scene has come along. So. I just say it's like a roller coaster. It goes through a very vibrant stage, then all of a sudden it picks up. Yeah. And I think it's now at the stage where it picks up with the musicians, like we mentioned, like Jeremy, Jesse, Simon, and Evan, and Matt, and all the others who have actually done, are doing things outside of Gibraltar and putting Gibraltar on the map. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've missed out people like uh, Nigel Palme, a good friend Nigel from my school years. He's done he's done his own bits and pieces. He's still there plodding along with Philip on his own. Yep. Uh, great, great performer. Uh, I really enjoy listening to, 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 to his stuff. Little exclusive. He's working on something with Jerry Fortuna at the moment as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 a, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening and you always think how we've come of age in terms of the local music scene, in terms of venues. Rock on the Rock has done wonders for the local uh, music scene since they started up, giving yep. opportunities for bands. Then availability of venues, you know, bars, uh, you know, gigs, you know, May Day, uh, the GMF, yep. the, the National Day. Um, there's a lot of avenues. There's lots of opportunities now that weren't available before. Yeah, and you know, and, and I hope it just carries on the, the the way it's going. And and personally, for me, I just hope that uh, we can carry on with this particular project now because it's really enjoyable. People enjoy it. We get a lot of feedback, a good feedback from it. And I remember you guys performing. I mentioned this in my column actually that someone you guys performed on Christmas Eve when I was there, and people actually asking if the album was available because they actually... <laughs> so yes, we got, we got two strange approaches. One was uh, somebody asking us for our website and a copy of where, we, where, we could, where they could buy our album um, because they said that we'd been playing for years. And another one was uh, an events organiser who wanted our contact details uh, for weddings because uh, she, she, she needed bands to sign up for weddings and, where, and I, just, we, I just deflected that and I said, um, need to speak to... Uh, my boss was Jeremy. He wasn't there at the time. Um, and she asked for a business card. I said I didn't have one. I couldn't give her my police business card. So, <laughs> That's the last thing you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you come across these people, but, you know, ultimately it's about enjoying yourself, yeah. good vibes, healthy atmosphere, uh, seeing that people are enjoying what you're doing. And I just wish I could do some more of it, you know. I have a very demanding job. To be considered. Let's just do that. that. But yeah, certainly. The, the, the one thing that I definitely want to do before I I end up with arthritis or stop being able to multitask on behind the kit or otherwise, I, I, and, I, and, I, and I say it privately and I say it, I'm going to say it now because I hope they're listening to this. 
they know who they are. I won't mention the names. I hope to be able to get back together with a certain bunch of individuals and put out a proper prog project where we left it off back in our teens. And so you know, the material is there. It's on your bucket list. This is so it's absolute. And, I, and I'd, I'd really regret if I wasn't able to do it. And, you know, I'll try my utmost. If it doesn't happen, you know, so be it. But I, I, I'd like to see that. Well, we'll leave it at that. We're going to play Reach, and obviously we're going to play Dead City Radio's Tragedy. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. It's been great to talk to you. I obviously get to know you even more musically. Obviously, the, the, like we, we talked about it, that not many people know how much you've been, uh, even though you've been around sporadically, like yep. we said, but you have, been, you have been around it quite a bit. So thank you, Paul, for your inputs. Obviously, the fact that you obviously get to work or have worked with the best of the local musicians is no better assessment. I've, I've been very fortunate and I wouldn't say I don't deserve it, but I've been very privileged that whenever I've had to do something, I've done it with always being surrounded by very, very good people and good musicians. Yeah. And that's probably what's allowed me to get away with not rehearsing as much and not being as proficient as the rest of them were. It's always but, fun. You know, and uh, long may it continue. We'll leave it at that. So thank you, Paul. Enjoy the two tracks from Reach and Dead City Radio. Guys, we'll be back in seven days with more Straight Outs Walter playing you the best in local music from past and present. Support local talents, support local music, because when you do, you're keeping local music alive. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.
Come